Welcome to this episode of the Telltales podcast, where we'll be looking at simulation technology within Portsmouth University. Hi, I'm Beth Hallisey. I work for the Technology Enhanced Learning Team, but I'm also a teaching fellow over at the Dental Academy with many years of experience in dental simulation. Simulation technology is um, creating a virtual or physical environment that replicates a real-world situation that students would be in. And it's all about creating this sense of conceptual fidelity, that you've made something, there is truth to what you've made. And um, I like to think of it as... um, when you were back as a kid in nursery, they had the fake post office or fake police station that you'd go to as a little kid and get dressed up and play play with stamps and things. And this is what this is, but larger scale. So it's um, getting students to do let's pretend de- dentistry and it builds up their confidence, same way it would for a younger child. It gives them a safe place to get things wrong and um, the end results are that it builds patient safety and um, reassurance for them as well. That's amazing, Beth. So how do you create engaging and interactive learning experiences using simulation technology? There must be some kind of best practices for doing this. Yes, well, it doesn't have to be really expensive, although there are now um, some really high tech, particularly mannequins that you can use that are really, really lifelike. Um, But you can also get some good results just from using a bit of your imagination and being creative. So I saw recently um, on TV, they had school children having a go at um, medical procedures where they um, filled a mannequin with some spaghetti and jelly to simulate organs, things like that. It's it can be quite a fun thing to do. Um, I've um, managed to replicate a type of fluoride um, previously, um, which stains. So I found a type of graffiti paint that paints on invisible and then um, turns colour after a while. Um, So that was interesting. Um, But I think the best thing to do is make sure there's this sense of realism all the way through, right down to even the personal protective equipment that the students are wearing. I think complete immersion is key. That level of immersion that you get definitely affects the results. Um, And so it's important that the students treat the simulated patients that they come across as a real patient, although it's a simulation, if they can go in as well with that sense of, okay, I'm going to put my everything into this role-playing exercise, then then I think the results are much better because then they're also using communication skills and things like that. Um, There's been as well a lot of um, little new technologies coming through like 3D printing, which helps standardise items for simulation. Um, They're not having to rely on several different things. Um, For example, teeth can be created by machine to make sure all students have the same experience. And another thing I'm quite interested in looking into is maybe haptic technology, but creating 
virtual patients, maybe through the use of AI or something like that. So they can generate realistic responses that you'd get from a patient. I think that would be really interesting. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Beth. And there's certainly a lot of talk about AI at the moment within HE. So that'd be uh, something that's really cool to explore, I'm sure, in the future. So what are some examples of successful simulation technology that you've been involved with? And is there any way to kind of measure their success at all? I think it's important to know that nothing is an exact replica. And um, there can be a lot of variables when it comes to assessing a simulation. So for example, if you're looking at assessment results based on some simulation that you've used, it may depend on the examiners you've used. You've got to try and keep consistency in all areas. So something that I've done was created a haptic slash real um, 3D printed dexterity block, which um, students could use um, to help them um, with their manual dexterity and get um, improve all of their motor skills uh, when it comes to holding a dental drill to increase their confidence in that. And I admit I had positive and negative feedback from it. So I think a lot of students did find it important thing to do, but at the end of the day, it's it's not real it's it's still a block of plastic and so I don't think that you would it you have to remember that um simulation is um it's an addition but it in no way replaces the real thing and I think that's key for people to learn is that it's it won't be a hundred percent but you're getting the concepts and the techniques in there um, there's things such as the simulation effectiveness tool, um, which is a really good evaluation chart for going through um, different simulations and looking at how effective they are, um, right down to sort of pre-briefing what's going on and then the evaluating the overall performance. Um, also, haptic simulators now, um, that kind of data about what speed and accuracy and things like that that a student has managed to achieve that's all automatically generated and right there on screen so I think in future it, I'm hoping that the feedback will become a bit more standardized like that and students will have quick access to um, how exactly they manage to perform in that scenario. Thank you, Beth. That's uh, really interesting to hear kind of the reaction from students and academics as well. So I know we've spoken in the office before about gamification and how much you love gamification. So could you talk to me a little bit about how you integrate that within the Dental Academy? So my aim is to create a bit more of a challenge-based atmosphere and um, give the students something to aspire to. So by setting specific scores rather than looking back over reflections and thinking that aren't quite as detailed, maybe as being able to say, no, I I had 76% accuracy when it came to removing enamel on this particular tooth or something like that. Um, but also um, this competitiveness 
that um, you could, I think I've seen um, students interviewed previously about using haptics and saying that actually that competitiveness between their colleagues does drive them. Um, and then using things like escape rooms to make make things a little bit more fun, I guess, um, to yeah, make sure they're learning these important techniques, but also making it enjoyable um, by having this challenge with them. So yeah, escape room um, scenarios is definitely something that I would like to look into. Brilliant. Thank you, Beth. Um, it's been really interesting listening to you uh, today on the podcast. So could you just give us some kind of final thoughts and maybe kind of where this technology is going in a kind of a post-pandemic education system? There are some really amazing um, simulation facilities now, um, particularly ones that take up entire rooms to, like I said, have that full sense of immersion in a simulation. Um, you're not necessarily limited to one room anymore because I know in lockdown I'd seen some um, students manage to get haptic devices that plug into their laptops at home and things like that. So, yeah, it's the possibilities of students even being able to practice these kind of things at home and do simulations is really interesting. Um, it's increasing practical time which is so valuable for these kind of medical programs um where it is high stakes high risk um you want them to have as much practice as possible um and i think there's going to be so much research as well in future which i hope portsmouth will definitely be um at the forefront of in future um yeah so i'm really interested in seeing where it goes but a lot of this is particularly with haptics and 3D printing, it is still early stages. So I think there's still a lot of research that needs to be done. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Beth. And thank you very much for coming in and speaking on the Telltales podcast today. So anything Beth has spoken about today, um, we will include within our show notes. And Beth has also provided us with some images um, as well, which we will include within the show notes too. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Telltales podcast. Please do check out the Telltales blog, which can be found at telltales.port.ac.uk. You can also follow us on our social media channels at TellPortsmouth on both Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget you can subscribe to our podcast here, but also for major music streaming platforms such as Apple Music and Spotify. Additional information about our shows can be found written within our show notes. We thank you for listening and look forward to seeing you next time.